0: everyone to Goddard in the World podcast. My name is Amanda Faye Laxon and I am your host today and I am here with Kate Chapman who is a graduate from Haas uh, 2016. Kate Chapman is a performer, writer, visual artist, teacher, and coach. Her Broadway performing credits include Mary Poppins, Les Miserables, Pajama Game, Sweet Smell of Success, Saturday Night Fever, Also, the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, Mrs. Claus for Five Seasons, Shakespeare in the Park, Lincoln Center, and countless others. A 24-year member of the Tony Award-winning Broadway Inspirational Voices, B.I.V., Kate sings with B.I.V. at many events each year, works with B.I.V.'s outreach programs at Covenant House and the Ronald McDonald House, and is the organization's copywriter. Kate holds a Bachelor of Music Education, Boston University, a Master of Arts in Health Arts and Sciences, Goddard College, and trained with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and Wayfinder Life Coach Training. Her first book, A Pixie's Prescription, a fun toolkit for a a feel-better life, is available on Amazon.com, and her talk show, The Kate Chapman Show, A Feel Better Hour, can be enjoyed on YouTube. Kate also has a new YouTube series entitled Little Kate on the Prairie.
1: I love that. Welcome, Kate. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I saw you last year as a... I mentioned before we started recording, I saw you last year um, at the alumni weekend, but it was virtual. You may not have seen me. <laughs> um, but I was running tech, I believe, for your workshop. Um, can you Can you like just tell everybody what what you were doing, what the workshop was?
1: Well no, oh, that's <laughs> You know what? I don't remember. I've given so many I've given so many workshops between then and now. I have no idea what yeah. that was. resilience? I don't know what. Was it? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, talk about I, that, because that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot about that and I give a lot of workshops on that because as a professional actress for 20 no 32 years, I got told no a lot. And if I, if I let every no break my heart and take me down, there was no joy for me.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. So I had to find a whole bunch of tactics that I could use, uh, to keep myself going into the next audition room and the next audition room and the next audition room. Mm -hmm. So I have a whole bag of those. (laughs)
0: Oh, that's amazing. And um, I would love to draw on those <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> um, I, yeah, when I was in high school, I went to Circle in the Square Theater School for like the summer program and came out of there not wanting to pursue acting. <laughs> and so, because, you know, whatever, it's it's got its issues. But one of them was the... Like having it hammered home, the being told no all the time. Like you know, if you can't deal with being told no all the time, then you should be somewhere else. I'm like, you know what? I can be somewhere else. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> but, but it is very discouraging, <laughs> like, um, think, for, especially for young people when they're trying
1: to start out. I think so. I taught at a university for three, no, five years. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I tried to instill in my kids, young adults, young performers was the idea of you can hear it as no, Mm -hmm. or you can hear it as not this or not now. Okay. And I've learned over the years that a lot of things that I was upset that I was told no about Stories would filter back to me about what a nightmare it was to work on that project. And I've been on enough nightmare projects through my career to know that the only thing more heartbreaking is being told, no, you didn't get the job, is getting the job and wishing you were anywhere but that job. Those jobs are really hard to get. And some of those workplaces were not good, Period. God, this is bringing up a lot of stuff right off the bat. Okay, let's... (laughs) Here's the resilience part of that, right? Yeah. When you go into a situation and it's not what you want, you learn to say not this. So the next time that that comes around, you have no problem saying no yourself because that's not Mm. what you want in your life. You know right. what it's like to be in a room full of bullies, you know what it's like to be in a room you're, where you're diminished or undervalued or all the things that have happened to many of us throughout our lives. And mm-hmm. and if we can learn not this, we won't continually perpetuate that cycle, right?
0: Right. Totally. Okay. So let's let's rewind like to the before before the rejections like when you are doing professional auditioning and all of that like because there is like I I assume and uh, for me too you know there's a joy that comes from a very early age uh, with performing with expressing creatively so can you can you talk about like an early experience that you had that where you experienced that that joy that excitement for, for performance or, or any expressive arts, I guess.
1: So I have such a really twisted relationship with performing. Yeah. Performing started for me at three in the church. Okay. Okay. And I sang these little church songs that, I mean, I liked the little songs. I I think I remember being scared by a lot of the things that they said. Okay. Mm. So so when I found theater, that was excellent because I could sing songs that didn't have words that scared me. Mm. And so that was a godsend. But then I moved into a world where I was being scrutinized physically And as a female, I was told that I could only be this girl or that girl. Yeah. Right? So I was put in a different box. So then I found classical music. Okay. And I went to university to learn to be an opera singer. Not so I could go into opera. I didn't want that. I still wanted to go into musical theater. Hello, outside. (laughs) (laughs) Hi,
0: <laughs> the trucks are saying hello.
1: You know, what? <laughs> I used to love that when we'd be on Broadway and we'd be in a really, really quiet moment, like it, um, Les Mis, yeah. right before yeah. Valjean sings "Bring Him Home,"
0: oh and he'd be goodness.
1: like, do on me." <laughs>
0: Especially like the matinee, you know, like when people, when the trucks are doing deliveries, like up and down.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievably fun. And you're supposed to be, you know, at that point I was tucking Gavroche in for the night. It's (laughs) a very tender moment. And all I can think is that cab driver needs to lay off that freaking horn. And by the way, why aren't these walls thicker? That's,
0: that's what I've always like wondered
1: because I'm like, did they make horns
0: louder? I mean, maybe, you know, like because these are pretty old buildings. Like so maybe over time they've made horns louder. I happen
1: whatever. to know that that's not true. My, oh, okay. Here's my unique knowledge on automotive history and horns. Uh, awesome. <laughs> my <laughs> uncle, uh, Wayne Kaufman, passed away about a year and uh, last July uh, 20, 20. And he mm-hmm. was an amazing car collector and automotive collector. And I had the yeah. privilege of being his caregiver for over a, a span of a year and a half toward the end of his life. And oh, wow. uh, so I, I got to live amongst his things and his collection. And that was really interesting. And, and also just to, to just really... Uh, um, I love when words flit out. People tell me this happens over fifty, and it's absolutely true. It's really irritating because they go, they dance, <laughs> with and they go, bye bye. Wait, to educate myself on all of these items, right? But one of my yeah. f- my uncle's favorite things in the world was this car that he had built from parts, and it was a okay. nineteen fourteen Locomobile touring car. And this wow. thing was massive, from okay. the base of the wheels to the top, it was like seven and a half, eight feet tall. Just massive car. Uh, it seated nine passengers, I think. Wow. Um, it when they when people stopped driving them, they made them mm-hmm. into tow trucks because they had these massive engines. Anyway, okay. they had these horns in those, these Aluga horns. Right, right. So loud that they could shake the walls of his garage. Wow. So So this
0: 1914 horn. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm just saying the taxis today don't measure up to that. Sure. I'm saying it's a structural issue anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I found Broadway. Yes. That that had its benefits, right? But again, I'm still only being too kind of girl, right? And Constantly, people are telling me I'm fat, which I don't appreciate. Oh, God, yeah. But first of all, a shut up, and B, yes. I wasn't okay. So yeah. it was, really yeah. bad. Uh, and it was very destructive to me as a as a person mm-hmm. and a human and a performer and everything. But the saving grace was when I was twenty eight or twenty nine. I got invited to sing with the Broadway Inspirational Voices. Okay. And I found gospel music. And that was where mm. I found my joy of performing. Mm. And I'm still in that group 20 whatever years later. Yeah. I love that group. I think mm. what they do in the world continues to evolve into beautiful things. And each mm. and every time I get to sing, Sing with them. I am honored and privileged that that is how I get to use my voice.
0: Mm, that's amazing. So, so I say I saw on your uh, bio, or I read on your bio that um, Broadway Inspirational Voices does outreach at Covenant House, Ronald McDonald House. Like um, for people who I I know what Covenant House is, but for people who don't know, can you talk a little bit about? those uh
1: organizations and what they do covenant house and i'm not an expert on either by the way i just will say that from the outset but covenant Uh house is an amazing organization that has uh lodgings in different cities across the world for homeless Mm -hmm. and trafficked youth so these are kids who have test who have aged out of the foster care system But they really Mm. do still need some more support in the world. And so they are provided with housing and classes and support systems and counseling and a lot of the Mm. things that they will need to go out and be successful in in the world. Um, and so what Broadway Inspirational Voices does is they come in and they help those kids compose. They did they oh. workshops of all sorts where kids were performing and using their own voices to express themselves. We were mm-hmm. going uh, and doing visual art in conjunction with the music and, and putting those together. Uh, it's just a, an incredible house in New York City was the one that I specifically worked with. Um, And then Ronald McDonald House is another side of things where you've got these families from all over the world who have really sick kids. They're just Mm. awful what these families are going through on both sides. It's awful for the siblings. It's awful for the parents. It's awful for the patients. It's really tough. But Ronald McDonald House provides beautiful lodging for them right in the heart of New York city and other cities where they're steps away from the hospital. So it mm-hmm. alleviates a lot of the stressors that can come from having a child in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, B- uh, BIV goes in and we do something called songs in the key of me where, mm-hmm. uh, they pair a family with a composer and, and that composer listens to the child's story over a period of sessions and they talk about different musical styles. And then the composer composes a piece specifically for that child. Uh, then Broadway Inspirational Voices does a video performance of that and it gets released for the child to have and the family to have. And those songs are Aww. just incredible. I'm actually recording one later this saf- no tomorrow rehearsing one today, recording one tomorrow. And they're just incredible songs. It's such a gift to the family. They're so inspiring. These kids are wonderful. It also showcases young composers or up and coming composers, different composers from around the world. So it's just a really, really wonderful collaboration.
0: Wow, that's, that's incredible. I, I didn't, I had heard of Broadway inspirational voices, but like, I didn't know about all of this outreach and like that's amazing. I love that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they are. It's a good place. It's also a really diverse service organization. So
0: uh-huh.
1: all ages, all ethnicities, all walks of life, you know, it's a very, it's meant to be a place where anybody is welcome and uh, mm. it is a beautiful community that continues to grow and expand and learn. And I'm just, I'm so excited to always be a part of them. Mm. That's amazing.
0: That's so cool. Um, so where were you in your Broadway career, I guess, (laughs) (laughs) like, um, when you were invited, uh, to, to be part of Broadway Inspirational Voices?
1: I had not yet appeared on Broadway. I was doing workshops that were pre-Broadway. So I was, I was going to be there and, What had happened was there was a there was a split with some people and one side had called me and asked me, hey, do you want to come with us? And the other side is really who I wanted to be with. And so I contacted the other side and I said, hey, I got this call, but I'd really love to play with you. And they said, come on over. So it was really just like a timing issue. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was also just a faith in the fact that, you know, I hadn't been on Broadway Yet, but I certainly had all okay. the skills and abilities to be there. And I sure. was like, not long after, like maybe within a year, a year and a half of joining the choir. Nice.
0: That's amazing. Um, do you have a favorite performance that, that you've done, Broadway or otherwise, um, <laughs> you know, besides besides Broadway inspirational voices?
1: Okay. So I've gotten to do so many cool things performance wise. Yeah that it's hard to like pick one, but one of my favorite moments was being in Uganda. Okay. We were invited, uh, my partner, Marianne Ivan and I were invited over there to do a cultural exchange for the Norwegian embassy. And the Norwegian embassy does great cultural exchanges, Um, And and it's really wonderful where they ask communities to combine and create together. And it's so collaborative. Hmm. On the flip side, what I learned is that what the United States funded, at least at that time, was to teach the art of debate. So my experience is that while the Norwegians are teaching collaboration, the United States is teaching argumentation. That's... um, very apropos, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying that's it's what I saw. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and so I was very happy to be working with the Norwegian embassy. Wonderful group of people. Anyway, uh, we were also working with this incredible producer named Cedric Thompson, who envisioned the whole thing. And we, one of the things that we were doing was working with the international schools over there. So that we were bringing the international community into the Ugandan community and bringing the United States Broadway kind of uh, storytelling and art form into the mix and seeing Mm -hmm. how it all played out. And to kick off our time there, uh, Marianne and I gave a concert for the international school community and for the cast and for anybody that wanted to come. And we gave it at the Kampala International School University. I think it's what it's called, Kisu. And Mm. it was this really wonderful outdoor stage. And they had it set up beautifully with wonderful lights. And all the monitors were set. And the sound check was good. And I was a little jet lagged, but it was pretty good. And just as I start the first song, it starts to rain. Oh, wow. And all the audience is on the lawn. They've got their picnics, you know. Mm. But I... I also noticed within the first song, they were really far away from me and I wanted everybody closer. I wanted it to be a much more collaborative experience than that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to die on high, right? I wanted them to feel me and me to feel them. And so immediately Cedric had the brilliant idea to have the audience all come up on the stage and I would just turn around and the night skyline with the rain would be behind me and covered and safe and we'd soften the lighting and it would just be like a nice kind of like stage cabaret and Marianne and I performed all of our songs and we had other musicians from Uganda that we had just met that joined us and did a few things and then we ended the night by doing something that we always do together which is to do an improvisational song okay and there was a couple that was from the United Nations who were celebrating their 25th wedding anniversary. And so we created a song about them based upon a brief interview that we did with them. And it was something that got the crowd going. And I cannot, for the life of you, sing it to you. It was just an improvisation. It was like the wind. It was a moment in time. But that moment then led to a dinner that we had with a whole group of people from the UN, where we got to have conversations that I never would have been able to have with people that were Mm. just in the know about a a culture and a government that I know nothing about. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. it set off the whole trip in a way where I could really collaborate much more deeply and much more sympathetically and compassionately with the people around me.
0: That's really fascinating. Like I love the, I love the exercise of improvising a song together. Um, But just that moment of, you know, working with the space and the weather and, um, bringing everybody close. Like it is interesting with, you know, with traditional Broadway proscenium stage stuff, you know, like the the audience is very far away. (laughs) The performers are definitely far away from the audience experience. And I'm sure, you know, like you can feel energy, but it's, there's, there still feels like there's this wall, like, and so I think it's, I think it's lovely, especially when you've come into a community that isn't yours to have that kind of collaborative experience, like to emphasize that. That's awesome. I love it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I entered the space with, they didn't need to know who I was. I needed to know who Mm. they were. I was there to yeah. tell their story, not mine. That's awesome. So, moving on in your story, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, me, Amanda, back to yeah, back to back to you, Kate, because this is a podcast that's about you. Okay, <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. favorite. <laughs> Just kidding, but oh, no, <laughs> no it, it is. It's it's really it's that's that's really cool. Um, so how you know, you did your Bachelor of Music um, and you you performed for a long time and uh, you have other other things on your bio too. Um, So how, like where in your journey did Goddard College come in? Your like health arts and sciences, how did it like come on your radar? All of that.
1: Okay, so by the time that I was really cooking on Broadway, I was really not very well. I was very heavy. Mm. My health was going down. I wasn't taking good care of myself. I was depressed. I had to, there just was a yeah. lot that was like that, right? It was it was like a this girl spiraling really into a place that is sad. And uh. so I, I had turned my life around into a, into a much more pleasurable direction for myself. And I'd learned how to take care of myself. And I'd gone to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I'd learned how to be a health coach. Oh, and yes. I really liked that, but I wanted mm-hmm. to do some deeper study and how I'd gotten to IIN in the first place was that losing, I lost a hundred pounds and that killed my career. Ironically. Oh. For a girl who had been told to lose weight her entire career, what was I had been thin and then I got really heavy. Okay. And then I got a career. And so then there was no motivation to stop being heavy, except for the fact that I felt lousy. And so that became motivation enough. So, but then when I got thin, Broadway was like, but you're 40. You're too old.
0: Oh, Broadway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Broadway. You're so hard yeah. to please. You're so hard to please. Like, <laughs> I would like to tell
1: you that it's getting better, and I don't know. I don't think- <laughs> you know, listen, there are some amazing writers out there, and there are some incredibly fully producers out there. And so I am forever hopeful uh, yeah. that some different stories will start to be funded and that this kind of break in the machine will be, you know, a time to re have some different discussions in the community, right? It's a community of really incredible people. uh, I think just got too corporatized for a minute, maybe the Mm -hmm. whole time. And so, but, Mm -hmm. but, but we're still trying to talk about important things. So I don't want to denounce the whole system. I just want to say my yep. particular story is one, yep. Yep. where um, I was too. I, I was I was always anyway. When I was unhealthy, I was rewarded. That's what I experienced. So, right. so when I got healthier. They they just didn't want me, and I was tired of not working. I was doing a corporate you know office job that was mm-hmm. wearing on me, and I just I needed to have something else going on and IIN had ended and IIN offered mm-hmm. this partnership with Goddard at the time. I don't know if they still do, but it was oh, great. Okay. It was a great partnership where I could do an accelerated master's program in 3 semesters. Oh, okay, great. And I had exactly enough money to do 3 semesters.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: That's fortuitous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and so and, and and to be honest then my mother supplemented all of it and really she paid for it. Thank you mommy. Anyway, yeah. so need to give credit where credit is due. Uh yeah. so um she so I Goddard was just like Shangri-La for me. Mm-hmm. My happy place in the world is Vermont. I mm-hmm. love Vermont. I love everything about Vermont. I love the cheese. I love the trees. I love the mountains. Yeah. I love the taste of yeah. the air. I love the farmer's mm. markets. I love the educated people. I love Vermont. Okay. <laughs> you should be a um, copywriter
0: for Vermont. <laughs>
1: right. That's a service announcement for Vermont. I, I yeah. just... Now, now, I will say as a disclaimer, I've not been there in mud season and I do hear that mm. the winters are dark and long. I've only been there for a couple of weeks. I hear, I hear that too. But yeah. my experience <laughs> is really summer fall. So, so as a right. disciple, anybody who's thinking of moving there, I hear that you should investigate those other two times of year. Yeah, anyway, yeah. And the taxes are high. I, I don't want, I just want to be fair on both sides. But I love Vermont. Sure. Okay. So Goddard was great because it was like not only like a ten day quote unquote vacation in Vermont, which was not yeah. a vacation, right? But no. what, a, what a beautiful place to be learning and studying and really collaborating about the education that you're getting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know it's like nonstop today. I know, Amanda,
1: what what is so cathartic for me in this moment <laughs> is that in this moment, I have permission to sing along with the sirens because on the Broadway awesome. train, I never could. So thank you for cleansing this like, you know, church moment for my <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there you go. I, I think we
0: didn't say at the top of the show that you are actually in Colorado right now. And so while you have great familiarity with all of the sounds going outside my window, you probably haven't heard them in a little bit.
1: <laughs> so. Yes. I have been blissfully on the prairie and I do say mm-hmm. blissful. I'm so grateful to be out here. I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to have this, um, sanctuary here. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel very, very blessed and fortunate. So I'm, it's, um, uh, it's not lost on me how fortunate I am right now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Vermont.
1: Let's talk. Ah. Let's continue. <laughs> so,
0: Goddard,
1: <laughs> so Goddard, what was so great was the people that you are surrounded with. Not only was I in my beloved Vermont, which we discussed how much I love that cheese, but I, mm-hmm. and the vegetables. Oh, my dear. Oh, my dear. Okay. Anyway, mm, the food delicious. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the people that come to Goddard are just like, they Mm -hmm. were my people that I had been searching for my whole life, right? Did you have Mm the same experience? Mm -hmm.
0: I did. I, um, one of my favorite things was, well, okay. It wasn't a favorite thing growing up, but like I would hear from people based on like what I was good at or interested in like oh you're a jack of all trades and but the end of that sentence is master of none and I'm yep. like thanks <laughs> like, but I guess that's okay you know and so I just kind of went through early college and and all of that like feeling like I don't know what I'm great at, you know like, but then when I got to Goddard, so I went through the individualized Master of Arts on the IMA program and we shared a residency with Haas. <laughs> so um, so I got to know like Haas people. With the IMA program, all of us were kind of, you know, trying to figure out that like space in the Venn diagram. And we all knew that we could. We, we knew that we had passion for many things and that we could figure out if we just had some guidance, like what that intersection was. And so, so yeah, so it was a breath of fresh air to like meet people who are also that, you know, like, like, like me. So yeah, for sure.
1: Well, I I think it's such an, I mean, I just was blown away by the diversity of people there. Right. And And that intersection point is a very important point. You know, you would sit at the communal Dining experiences, and you know, no TVs around to like distract, like you have yeah. in every restaurant or every communal space now everywhere. I went to a banquet hall the other day not not the other day, not so long ago and there was a, a TV playing sports in the banquet hall. Oh, That's what, so strange. Is this where we are now? Yeah. Like we can It's can't like work. you're you're at an event. Wait, right. <laughs> put down the noise for I don't know, dinner? Just dinner. Just asking for dinner. Also, if you really care, you can get it on your phone. <laughs> like, Wait, right?
0: Like, do right. Do I have
1: to have it? Why does everyone have to watch? Wait, do I have to have it in my place here? I'm having a nice quiet dinner. And that's yelling at me. I know it's on mute, yeah. but it's that's, weird.
0: That's so strange. Yeah. So Goddard
1: was not that, right? Goddard was communing yeah. with nature. It was communing with each other. It was communing with ideas. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was confronting that which was uncomfortable and finding comfort with it. Mm-hmm. It was celebrating one another because there is an understanding of tolerance and respect that underlies everything that they try to do there now I'm not to. I'm not saying that it's always perfect. You know, I had some stories that were like, wow. And I hope those things have changed from my interactions Mm. with them, but that's how everything grows and learns. Right. And it's a constantly moving, changing entity there, Mm. but man, did I love my three semesters and I would go back anytime to do another master's if I had another, you know, 40 grand line run.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Or you could take out loans like some of us <laughs> pointing my pointing at myself. No, I <laughs> am over 50. Figure sig- out when those get paid out.
1: <laughs> I'm, and I'm and I'm trying to simplify, not more complicate yeah. myself. Oh, no, I,
0: I hear you. I hear mm-hmm. you. So what was it that you were focusing on when you were at Goddard?
1: So I was I was interested in a few things, and it, and it morphed. I don't know if your project morphed sure. or- Oh, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So trust- I think that's a natural Goddard <laughs> uh,
1: process. <laughs> they kept saying, trust the process. And I'm like, I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. I started <laughs> out- the process. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. started out with the self-healing model. Okay. Because I have this thing- that I've had since I was three that really inhibits my life. Mm. And there is no help inside of allopathic medicine for it. Okay. And when I say allopathic medicine, I mean our current medical system that you pay your insurance into, the doctors, the MDs, the AMA-run system, right? There was no healing for me there. There Mm. was only a lot of experimentation on me and a lot mm-hmm. of damage done to my body over the years because of ideas that did not work huh. <laughs> and no longer do by the way. So the public can thank me for my service. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <All> right. <laughs> so I wanted to understand my particular cluster of, I don't feel well.
0: Okay.
1: And I had unraveled quite a bit of it through my time learning how to take better care of myself and then through my time of learning at IIN. But I wanted to look at it. I kept wanting to like broaden my understanding of how did I get here and how Mm -hmm. do I feel better because I still don't feel all that well.
0: And I'm Mm.
1: still having repercussions from a lot of the things that were done to me a very long time ago. Right. So my first semester there was so much fun. I just explored the self-healing model left, right, and center. I gave myself- sound treatments, and spa treatments, and sure. uh, shamanic treatments, and talk mm-hmm. therapy, and I documented my experiences through all of that. Did it help my problem? Did it not help my problem? What made me feel better? What were the consequences? What were the costs? What were the social uh, beliefs in it? What was the pushback from the doctors? All that kind of stuff, right? mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. By the end, I morphed in. And then I, and then my second semester was all about medical anthropology. How did okay. we get to where we are? How did we um, create a very harsh medical system that deals with symptoms and not, you know, deals with like, yeah, quieting symptoms and like not causal Issues. Yeah, uh, yeah. How did we get to a system where we test our drugs against placebo, not against lifestyle? How did mm. we? How do we not ask better questions about bioindividuality and how that plays into the whole picture? Mm. So that was my second semester, which was fascinating. That is I had worked, fascinating. I had worked for Pfizer Pharmaceutical Company in their drug study data program in my twenties, so I wow. had a lot of interesting like parallels and, and things that like click together for me during that time. So that was fascinating. And then by mm-hmm. the end of it, I thought, well, how do I talk about this in a way that is palatable to people and that is fun for me and that would be easily digestible by lots of people? And I thought, you know, mm-hmm. one of my favorite mediums is the talk show. Okay, and so I created a talk show and that um, still lives on YouTube, and you can still see it. And I studied talk shows and how they're created and what goes into them, and that was incredibly fun, and was a great intersection of my entertainment life with the health life. And uh, I learned a whole lot about um, how to package and produce and market and all of. Media kind of things. And I'm still doing that work. I'm still taking the work that I learned from there and it's morphing into more things. And I use what I learned at Goddard to really help people feel better. And clients Mm. come to me and we work together and we create a plan and we talk about what they need. And we spend time really making sure that their needs are met because they might be a person just like me who there is no help for them within the medical system that they've found. Okay. Um, it's harsh for them. They need something gentler. They need some different ideas. They maybe want to explore something you know, else. So those are a lot of my clients. Uh, I mm-hmm. work as a life coach now as well, because uh, now I continued my training with Martha Beck and the Wayfinder Life Coach Training. And so now I can broaden and help more people, you know, when there's blockages in their lives, when they're stuck with things. But really the primary work that I do is to help people with play. Because yeah. play is not something that we uh know how to do culturally as adults. It kind of gets beaten right. out of us.
0: Right. For sure.
1: Yeah. So I use all of my like Broadway stuff that I've learned with the health stuff to help play with people.
0: And make oh. them, them
1: that's my life. I love
0: that. That's so exciting. Thank you and daughter yeah, that's so cool. Like all of this, I mean, the, the talk show and the the life coaching, like, I, I love how you've taken just all these different pieces um, from pre-Goddard and performance and all of that, you know, t- to, to in- integrate. Because <laughs> the integrative is, we've said that word a lot, but like to integrate what what matters to you right now and, um, and how, how you can help others. Like that's, that's amazing. That's yeah, so great. I, mean,
1: I think if we wrap back around to like that first performing experience that really felt so satisfying, mm-hmm. gospel music is very healing. It's a very cathartic mm-hmm. medium. And when you are in a live situation with gospel music, not only do does they've done studies on this which are fascinating not only does everybody's heartbeat align in the room hmm. so you become one organism hmm. but you work out your emotions it's meant to it's meant to take out suffering it is meant to alleviate pain it was born of pain and it's how a population of people specifically black african slaves right allowed themselves to have resiliency. It is a model of resiliency, right? Yeah. So, so that experience of feeling a room change that dramatically was probably Mm. really the seed for where I am now, which Mm. is that I would like to marry together a bunch of different worlds Where there are spaces where people can congregate, even inside of COVID, even inside of podcasts and and videos and live chats and Zooms and all of that, where people can connect and have these spaces to have these catharsis and and be able to hold space for one another, where our stories Mm -hmm. can be shared in a way that's accessible to one another. And the arts is a great venue Mm -hmm. for that, right? Yeah. So I'm continually working to bring more of Broadway, which is really an art form that was very cathartic to me as a young age before they started calling me fat and old, Stop doing it, Right. (laughs) Right. Um, cause I really, I'm good on that stage and I've really, I practiced that it a long time and I've only gotten better over the years. So, um, that said, I have a really beautiful job that may be coming up that has been already on offer that's trying to move to Broadway. So, you know, I'm, I say that and yet okay. I am. It is being offered. Okay. All right. Okay. I, but
0: you're not, not able to talk about it yet? Not able to talk about it. And okay. I, I,
1: I want more to say in a show than I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, awesome. and so I'm writing that show, by the way. And as Goddard is my witness. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will finish that stinking show because I've been at it for a while now. Ah, nice. Okay. It, encaps- it, it encapsulates a lot of what I've been working towards. So um I I need to give myself a better deadline instead of just I'm having so much fun writing it though that I can't get myself to stop. Because I know that once I once I open it up, then it mm-hmm. becomes something else. Right now it's just mine and and Marianne's yep. who I'm collaborating with. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's a big, brave step to take, but I, but I'm saying that I will take that as Goddard so is my witness. I like that phrase. As, as Goddard is my witness. I love that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that can be your, like your next show. <laughs> right,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. that's okay. uh, so I, so I think it's important for me to keep sharing with people the things that I have learned that help me feel better. And most of them are free by the way. You know they don't cost mm-hmm. you anything, um, and I wrote a book that is all of seven ninety five on Amazon. So really, it's nice and cheap, and I think it's cheaper on eBay. I'm not, you know, saying oh, wow. you should diminish my very pulpy <laughs> sales already. But- oh, no.
0: yeah, people buy
1: buy it where she can get uh, where Kate can get uh, credit. <laughs> but here's here's how the how, here's how the title is said because I understand now from listening to a couple of people read oh, okay. my lesson, it's hard to say but it is easy okay. to sing so here's the title. Oh, sweet. Okay, ready? A pixie's yep. prescription, a fun tool, gift for a feel better life. There you go. See, it's easier sung. Right, I heard it as a song. <sighs> it flows well, Yeah. Song. Yes. Yeah, but so you always learn through these things how you can do better the next time and I could maybe fix my wording so it can be more easily spoken. <laughs> yeah. Or or I just like but notate it like in the <laughs> music like notation. <laughs> this is how, how you supposed to say it, this. It it it's a music education thing too, wrapping back to my no. bachelor's. See, that's a great idea, there, Amanda. I love that. Uh, When I read the the cover, which I plan to do, I I can Mm -hmm. add that, and I'll credit you in the note. Okay, there you go.
0: Yeah,
1: because um, that
0: does assume people can read music. I can read (laughs) music. I know there's plenty of people who can't read music. but it'll be a delight for people who
1: can. Well, <laughs> here, I, I also have been wanting to do the audiobook companion to it. And so, so I can sing that and then people can hear the melody and look at the music and teach themselves go. to read music. There Again, you go. Know. So putting all my skills together.
0: <laughs> yes, that's amazing. So so tell me about this book of what 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 you don't have to give everything away. It is seven ninety five on Amazon, <laughs> so please, people, just buy it. But to to tease them, and entice them, you know what? What? What do we expect reading this?
1: Okay, so this is what a friend of mine said with so much regard and so much love. And my husband told me I should never say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because because <laughs> I, I thought it was uh? a compliment. He said it's a wonderful toilet read. Ah. Uh-huh. Okay, so meaning that it's not like a dense thing that you have to like yeah. sit down and read. There yeah. are 13, 15, I should know this, aspects of life that I try to keep in the forefront of my life that mm-hmm. help me to feel better. And they are things like curiosity, play, relationships, home environment health, um, exercise, education. So there's a whole list of them, right? And Mm -hmm. so what I did is I took each of those aspects and I wrote a short story from my life, and they are short, a little Mm -hmm. anecdote from my life where I learned the important part of that aspect. Like, so for instance, I learned how to play from the late, great Marvin Hamlish. Okay. Now, do you know who Marvin Hamlish is? I do, but- Okay, why don't you those share? There's <laughs> a Marvin Hamlish, cuz all should know Marvin Hamlisch. He was a great composer. Mm-hmm. He was also an egot mm-hmm. back when he was mm-hmm. very young, mm-hmm. all of those. Mm-hmm. And um if you know the musical Chorus Line, you know him. Mm-hmm. The movie The Way We Were. Anyway, wonderful wonderful yeah. man. And he would I did this musical with him called The Sweet Smell of Success. Sweet Smell of Success. Mm-hmm. And uh we worked on it together off and on for about 4 years cuz musicals take a long time to get developed. Right. And Marvin was just such a wonderful, playful spirit that that work environment was often stressful for a number of reasons, not the least of which was that we went into rehearsal just weeks after 9-11 occurred. And oh, you man. could still smell the burning um, fire smell in Manhattan from the towers. It was It was a tough time. And we were rehearsing yeah. down in 19th Street that right okay we're rehearsing on 42nd street anyway so we were a little removed from it, but it still was definitely there right and um and so the the overall just energy of the city was hard and it was a it was a dark storyline and there just were all these things that were just like oppressive and Mm. marvin was the was the aspect of the show that would always help me to feel better Mm. When the oppression was making it hard to want to be there. Right. And again, I'm talking about like cute, like all areas of oppression. Marvin was the bright spot and it was just because he was playful. And so I write a little story about Marvin and then mm-hmm. I give you 10 or 11. I should also know that little action tips. And they're just like a short little mm. paragraph of things that you can do to practice playing in your life and to put yeah. play as part of something that you use in your toolbox to ma- help you feel better. And
0: mm-hmm. then I
1: give you a recipe, what I which I call a yumspiration. And it's a mm-hmm. recipe for something really lovely that your body will enjoy. And so mm-hmm. will your mouth. And uh, it's also just sort of an inspiration for maybe like a jumping off point for you to create something of your own food-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's what the book is, but anyway. So there's just these little bite-sized little tools that you can kind of pick out of there and like kind of fix what's broken in your little cog of life. Hmm.
0: I love that. I, I, I the toilet read thing is not. I don't consider that to necessarily be a bad thing. Like to me, it means it's digestible like, as a <laughs> as as a text. You know, like that. <laughs> This is probably TMI, but like, I've like tried some books in the toilet that I'm like, oh, I can't read this. (laughs) Like
1: it's just way too long or it's boring, you know, like whatever. There's also a great story about meeting a Congolese rebel. Ooh. Okay. Okay. You want to hold
0: on to that? Yeah, we can hold on to that. that. I'm just saying there are some
1: really interesting stories through there. I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's awesome, and um, your new YouTube series, "Little Kate on the Prairie," which I love the name.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about that. So. This is a fully improvised series that I'm creating with yes. Marianne Ivan, and we're on. Um, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus right now because we had a loss in the family. Wah, wah, wah. Um, mm-hmm. but we're, we're kind of starting to get rolling again. But um, we do these little improvised episodes where I tell little stories. It's a little snippet about how to use constant creative response to make your life feel better. And hmm. we improvisational songs each episode, and we have little friends in our world, like Dolly, who, Dolly Lama Ding Dong, who is a puppet. And I do some ventriloquism, uh, which I did until the pandemic. So it's been my deep, dark secret revealed through COVID. Oh, man. Um, and how how was it revealed during COVID? (laughs) So, so we were having a discussion one night and it was just, it was just Marianne and me actually. And we were talking about how, I don't know, things you do when you're alone or something. I don't even know how it came out. But I said, "Yeah, I really love practicing ventriloquism when I'm alone," and I kind of couldn't believe when, that I said it. But I also didn't think anything of it because it wasn't any big deal. It's yeah. just something that I do. Uh huh. And 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 I think it also came out of the fact that like being in the chorus of shows is oftentimes really boring, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And so to, to help my boredom, I would like think how I would say those lines. And sometimes I might've said them a little bit so I could hear them, but you can't yeah. move your lips. Right. So it was just something right. over the years. Anyway, I mentioned it offhand to her and she thought that was the funniest thing she'd heard in a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, why yeah. is that funny? Mm-hmm. But, but then. To top it off, this was just before Christmas, and she Mm -hmm. she unbeknownst to me went and told Ed, and he thought it was hilarious.
0: Oh my god!
1: And then they and then they ordered a puppet for me, (laughs) 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 and it was a Christmas present. And Dolly has become part of our world ever since. And my husband said, you know, it's the it's the gift you never knew you needed. And he's correct, because now Dolly is doing Internet life coaching. Wow. Incredible. It's really interesting. People want to talk to her. It makes them feel better. That's amazing. (laughs) Does she do
0: it in the context of your life coaching sessions or?
1: She has. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has started to enter them if people request her presence. Because now that people have seen her on the internet, they know about her. And then- Mm -hmm. So people say, well, you know what? Can I talk to Dolly for a second? <laughs>
0: oh, I love that. So Dolly
1: appears on Little Kate on the Prairie. Yes. And she sings oh, and she's mm-hmm. she's got quite a personality, I will say. Okay. Awesome.
0: And so what is it? What makes it become like on the prairie? You know, because obviously that's. <laughs> Well, not obviously, like, but, but for me, I think of Little House on the Prairie and, you know, is there something specific to your being on the prairie that influences the show?
1: Well, it influences the show entirely because we went from on March 16th, 2020, I was in Mm -hmm. rehearsal for a brand new musical. We had just done the rehearsal hall version and we were going to be moving into the theater the next day. Ugh. Wow! But suddenly, we were done, like everybody else was. My husband was working on Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on Broadway. They were the first theater that had okay. the first COVID case, so he was done. Marianne wow. was working on um, a musical uh, with a, a a really huge high school in in New York City area. And they were just about ready to go up, you know, giant hundreds of kids in this thing. Right. And, oh my God. uh, and so then they were done and we were all done within about 24 hours and we thought it wasn't going to be very long, like the rest of the world did. Right. Yep. And so we thought, you know, we have this property out in Colorado, we're developing it. It was sort of like a long-term place that we were going to, you know, maybe retire one day, but, um, okay. uh, so we came out here thinking, well, we'll just go out there and play for about a month and see what happens. Right. And, you know. How many months later? Now I'm still here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what struck me about Little House on the Prairie, growing up and watching it, was just kind of the wholesome nature of life out there, the slow nature of life, um, the the nature being what you hear the most of. Unlike what you're hearing right now, you're hearing humans, mm-hmm. right? And so, right. and so, it's a fascinating thing, you know, the things that infiltrate your world and how they pull you out of your thoughts or how they make you. Mm-hmm. Feel. And so out here on the prairie, which is where I am now living, wind is a huge part of my world. And wind was something that Laura Ingalls Wilder would talk about driving her to almost near madness sometimes. Mm. It's relentless. Mm -hmm. And so the wind was something I was really, I'm constantly figuring out how to listen to and enjoy and hear its song rather than feel the fear that i fear from its power.
0: Mm, that's fascinating. That's so interesting. So you um is is Marianne out there as
1: well? She was and she'll return at okay. some point, but uh, right now no, she's back um in Pittsburgh, but yeah. Just here weeks ago though so we did some filming so hopefully okay. when she's um when she's able she will be uh editing together a new fun episode for us.
0: Yay, that's great. And um so how often are you releasing these episodes?
1: You know what, we're not making it be a stressful thing for us. Yeah. I think one of the things that um I've learned is the most important thing to make myself feel better mm-hmm. is to learn to relax with my life. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a flow if you can allow yourself to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And that flow can lead you to things that you never thought you'd do. Like, I never thought I'd go to Uganda. I never thought I'd be a professional gospel singer. I never mm-hmm. thought that I would go and get my master's at a place like Goddard. I never thought that I would be having conversations with this, like this with people like you. But mm-hmm. when I've allowed my life to flow into those, un, you know, unexpected places, Mm -hmm. I've, I've been able to just have such beautiful experiences and live such Mm -hmm. a full life and that Mm -hmm. adds to the resiliency. You know, if you are constantly trying to go against the grain, you're constantly trying to swim upstream, you're constantly trying to argue instead of collaborate, you will feel tired. And I know that Mm because I've done it.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: This way is is so much nicer, Mm. so much more fun, filled with so much more joy and play and collaboration and community and just feeling like I'm part of something greater. Mm.
0: I love that. I think that's an amazing note to end on. A great lesson for all of us who have gone through this year and a half uh probably longer of for some people reset and i think that's yeah that's so beautiful thank you so much kate this is a wonderful Thanks, conversation Amanda, it's
1: been such a pleasure every time i meet and spend time with another goddardite i'm i'm so um you know just blessed i'm actually doing uh, another podcast coming up, um, later in September with another Goddardite, which I want to just say, uh, the wonderful Nancy Norbeck does a, a podcast called follow your curiosity. And so Ooh, she and is nice. chatting later this month about that subject. And if you haven't listened to her podcast, it's really enjoyable just as yours is, Amanda. And thank you for the work that you're putting out there. I really, really appreciate this time. Aw, oh, thank you
0: so much, Kate. Yeah, I'll I'll put links to everything that we've talked about in the show notes, and um, and we can all check out and support all all the
1: Goddard things. That's <laughs> right. That's right. You gotta communicate. Yeah. You gotta communitize. On whatever. I want. See those words? It just danced Absolutely. away. Absolutely. Look at that. Communitize. Collaborate. Right. That <laughs> yeah. means- Stop talking, Kate. All right, and that, Amanda, you have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. For more information about anything we talked about, please check the show notes. This podcast is a project of Goddard Alumni Council. It is produced, hosted, and edited by Amanda Faye Laxon. If you are interested in being a guest on the podcast or would like more information, please visit GoddardAlumni.comslash podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast in your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. See you next time.